Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about Gambit Prime hopes. I kind of changed my tune a little bit about Gambit Prime. I still have concerns, but looking at all the different abilities and classes, seems like there might be some good room for really fun builds and having more impact as a solo player. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash no to rage or you can throw me a follow on twitter at say no to rage and i'm trying to find the hvt i came here for the uh the bounties that we're doing we're trying to get as many uh of the enhancement cores as possible so i'm doing all of spider's bounties and i uh, oh he's over here just want to make sure i get shots on him because he is the he is the one the wanted guy all right first questions from uh johnny johnny says Lono, new primeval mechanics are incoming. I'm hoping for shield orbs like the meatball. New primeval wizard with taken war beast previewed in the video from yesterday. What type of mechanics does Lono want to see? <laughs> well, Lono wants to see. Um, I just don't want it to be a prop. Uh, like, I don't want the boss to be a stupid dummy prop that shows up and gets melted. I it, okay. I guess I'm okay with it being that way in normal Gambit. If what I said in the video comes true, if they basically make Prime feel like competitive and normal Gambit's supposed to be more laid back and casual, then I guess I'm okay if the if the normal Gambit boss just shows up as a as, as basically a punching dummy, and he's a prop. You just you just melt the frick out of him, and then it's over and done with. That doesn't bother me if that if, if that's the difference. Now, what kind of stuff would I like to see in Prime? I, I just think the main issue, the main issue is always going to be there's a tension between throwing people in matchmaking and expecting them to figure it out, right, on a regular basis and also work together, as well as satisfying people and maybe making it a little bit difficult for like a really well-organized team. There's just a really, really difficult tension there. If you're letting people just match make into this, and the and the boss fights are, they said they're going to be you know similar to like raid boss mechanics, that that also kind of causes concern. I'm like, we wanted mechanics, but they need to be simplistic. Like the meatball, there's no question what the frick you have to do. Shields show up, you see the lines, you shoot the things, then you do, then you kill them. If you bring complex level mechanics to these fights, you're going to turn people off real freaking quick. They're going to be like, I don't even, what do we do? I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do? Oh, you know, and then, or, or if they're all solo queuing, then they're all just standing around looking at the boss. Like what the frick? There are people that don't even know how to turn public events heroic for crying out loud. So there's a there's a tension there. If you want this, and I know people are going to say, but Lono, this is supposed to be for the hardcore player. This is supposed to be for the hobbyist. I think you've still got to keep that delicate balance in place for the content needs to be accessible and sort of easy to engage with and enjoy but obviously the depth of strategy would come from people that do different builds different different styles of play uh different strategies for interacting with the mechanics of the boss those those are the things where you're giving the spectrum of player satisfaction if the average solo q team can't figure out the timing or the mechanics because they can't communicate well, then it ain't going to work. Like, the game mode will fall flat on its freaking face because people are going to be like, I, dude, you can't. Like, if you solo queue, I need this guy to come over here and stand on this plate and he won't freaking do it. He's just standing over there. I, you know, how, how do I get this guy to, to do what I need him to do? I mean, again, people people don't even do public events heroic and 
they think they're random. So, I mean, at least the one guy did who interacted with Paul Tassie and who's kind of become a meme uh, in and of himself. So, I would think that it needs to be something very similar, I would think, something very, very similar to how they did it with uh, the meatball, where there's no question about what the frick you're supposed to do. There's shields, there's lines, you go and you do the mechanics, right? If people don't know what to do to look it up on YouTube or Reddit, I think you I think you overestimate what the casual player will do on a Friday night when he's just trying to play some Gambit Prime. He's not going to go to freaking Reddit. He's not going to go to Twitter or YouTube. There are tons of people. There are tons of people that boot this game up and just want to do the looties and the shooties on a Friday night as a way to relax. And they're not going to go to Reddit. They're not going to watch, you know, Rick Cacus's video on how to do it or, you know, Mesa Sean or whoever. They're not doing that. Like, if you're here right now, you engage with this game in a lot different way than other people. Casual players and buying the annual pass, you're 100% wrong. I think plenty of people buy the, buy the annual pass because they want a regular and injection of stuff to do if you look at the way they structured the forges it's clear they didn't ask much of people why because the spectrum of player can land on the forges the hardcore player can go nuts and go for a god roll the casual player right the casual player can boot up do some forges and shut down and that's the end of the matter they get the gun and they're done the way the forges were set up allowed players the most casual player to the most hardcore player to engage with the forges and get what they wanted out of it the concern with prime is if it's super complex and really really challenging I don't know if you realize this or not, but casuals are very valuable. And I don't mean casuals like they're dumb and they're stupid and don't know how to play, but they engage with the game in smaller smaller time frames. Their awareness and their skill level aren't super, super high. They just boot up and do the looties and the shooties. That's all they want to do. You want them in the funnel. You want them in the funnel. As soon as they as soon as they left trials when the rise of iron trials bounties did not offer new gear the, the the trials experience got worse and worse over time because once those people once that casual core got max level they had no need to run trials and get the bounties and it turned trials into a sweat fest and matchmaking took way longer you want those people in the mix that can feel a sense of I boot up I shoot baddies I get drops and it's fun I don't really care if I win I'm just doing the looties and the shooties and I don't think a complex system of raid level mechanics in Gambit Prime is going to help with that and then you're going to end up with a very small sweaty core that makes it unenjoyable for even the people that like it. Thank you Lloyd for the Prime sub. Um, so even if you figure things out, even if you say you're not giving casuals enough credit for figuring things out, I again, you're putting words in my mouth. I'm not saying they can't figure things out. What I'm saying is there is proof positive when you just roam around the public space that there are people that play this game very, very just low level of thought. They just want to run around and shoot stuff. They don't try and do mechanics. They don't try and do things heroic. They just want to shoot things and get things. That's kind of it. So... Prime is meant to be sweaty. I'm not saying it won't be sweaty. What I'm saying is if it's complicated, when people don't understand something, they'll reject it. It was very easy to understand Trials Bounties. I grab the Trials Bounties, and I don't have to go flawless, and I can get Trials gear. Very simple. 
very very easy incentivization get in there and you just play right if if gambit prime is like this sure it's sweaty sure there's really strong teams we know that's going to happen but if you're also interacting with it and it's confusing because the mechanics in the fight are are super complex and you're getting imagine being a player that understands the mechanics and you get paired with people who don't even know how to turn a public event heroic that again is going to have diminishing returns for the event they're not going to know what they did wrong they're not going to know why they lost and the people that are trying to enjoy the game aren't going uh, to be able to so I think the meatball level mechanics we've kind of gone all the way around full circle here I think the meatball level mechanics are where you want to keep things I'm not saying don't make it hard. I'm saying it needs to be easily deduced what you should be working on. If the enemy is shielded and he's linked to a generator or he's linked to an enemy or whatever, think about the mechanics for the fights at Escalation Protocol as an example. That's supposed to be end game level content. Those bosses are pretty hard. It doesn't take very long to figure out, oh wow, the, 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 the thralls heal this guy when they explode on him right oh wow look, those guys are putting a shield around him it needs to be like that i'm not saying don't have mechanics or not make it difficult i'm saying it needs to be something that is just deduced from vision and not like hey, hey okay now now oh frick no i'm not on my plate hang on let me get on my plate okay i'm on my plate okay are you ready okay now you if it's that complex it won't work because it's it's a match-made environment <clears throat> uh, solo, solo, suck or solo suck <laughs> said, "Would you prefer everything be drop day one, or do you like things to be spread out? Being spread out is good. It 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 works better with the behavior of the players because it's more, um, it's it's more uh, it's it's more in line with how players play. If you just blitz everything at once, people will stop playing. So, um, open them before reset. Otherwise, it will count towards this week's drop at six fifty. So you're saying I should go and turn this priming gram in. Okay, that's probably a good idea, just in case. Um, Kush, uh, cut, uh, did I answer that? Yeah, I like things being spread out. Uh, Kush rules. First, it should uh, it should say something about how much discourse there is around Anthem. There still may be a chance for this game. Uh, taking a question, taking the question to Gambit and specifically Gambit Prime. What are your thoughts on replayability and how long this mode can be kept the player base engaged? I think that's a pretty good point that people are still very vibrantly talking about the game. I think a lot of Destiny players would pivot to Anthem if they make good improvements because Destiny players are accustomed to flocking to a game when vacancies get filled. Like, we're kind of used to that. So the Destiny community could could be a pretty good reservoir of players there, and we're obviously the ones sitting here talking about it because we understand that's kind of how games improve. Um, as far as replayability... There's a couple of things I'm thinking in my brain. It's like, okay, well, the different maps could help, right? If there's different maps, the different maps could add different play. The different play could really change things up and make it different and diverse. But then the problem is we all know the map. We all know the map from um, the one map with the acid on the ground, like the the, the acid that you can um, die to. Uh, thank you, Eggnards, for 13 months. Nobody, everybody hates that map in, in regular Gambit, okay? Yeah, the Tangled Shore one. Well, the concern then would be is you're going to have maps and bosses that people end up hating or 
it's disorienting because the strategy is so different the fights are so different so variety in that in that regard could honestly end up hurting uh the player experience more than complimenting the player experience but then on the other side of the fence it's like but lono if it's the same freaking thing every time people are going to get really burned out we need diversity we need variety it, you've got to find a pretty a pretty happy balance is what i would say because if every fight in every map is so far removed from the next I think number one that can be really disorienting for the player and hard to kind of get your footing because everything feels so different and divorced from 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 you know from the one that you maybe really really like or then there's the maps that everybody hates and then people are quitting you know obviously they'll probably have the quitting punishments in place so I, I don't know there's got to be a nice happy medium where they're different enough that it doesn't get super repetitive but they're not too different that people develop like this attitude of I can't stand four out of the five maps or three out of the five maps I, I just wish we could have this one here it, 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 it cuts both ways too much variety can be un, unappealing to players not enough variety can also be unappealing it's very difficult I think to land in the middle I'm not saying it's easy to do what they, I think they need to do with this sort of a game mode. Moto Maniacs. Do you think Reckoning will be tied to Gambit Prime as far as game mechanics, like a Gambit-themed escalation protocol? I actually have no idea. They said it's going to be intense. You're not going to know what's going on. It's going to be really, really difficult and hard. I I don't I don't know. I, I do know that that's where you go to get the armor, though, and that is tied to Prime. Leviathan, I'm sorry if this is a dupe. You mentioned you forgot to reset the queue. Not sure if my question got through. It got through. With Gambit Prime, what are your expectations? Do you see this as the Gambit fix or just a step in the right direction? I don't necessarily know if in their mind this is a Gambit fix. Um, they've made changes to Gambit. They've made changes to uh, Gambit already outside of Prime. That's all ar- that's already happening. So given that reality, I don't know if they're going to be th- if they I don't know if they're thinking of this as being like a yeah, this is this is definitely something that is going to fix and save Gambit. I still think they want Gambit to function as its own game mode because they made those changes, the sudden death for round 3, they randomized the, you know, the the invasion points. Um it's just, uh, it's in, in, as far as I can see it, regular old Gambit's still got a long way to go, but Gambit Prime is supposed to be, I think, the height, the, the heightened, faster, more intense version. It's not supposed to be a fix. Now, it could inform some of the things that happen in regular Gambit, like just the mechanics on the boss fight or the nature invasion. They could learn some things that say, we really need to tweak some of these things on invasion. We need to tweak some of the things on the boss fights as well. Um, Evil the Waffler. Why don't you like curated roles? I enjoyed them since it forced the player to try new things and new tactics. I don't think you meant curated roles. I think you meant curated loadouts. Curated loadouts grates against what this game does. This game says, here's dope stuff. Go get the dope stuff. There's something that you think is way better than somebody else likes, and you can go get those things, and then you can play with those things, and it makes you feel awesome. And then they come around from behind, and they say, oh, wait, hang on a minute. You want to go into this activity? No, no, no. You have to use these guns here. And you're like, dude, I just spent two weeks getting all these things and getting things exactly how I wanted them, and now I've got to put all this away and use a bunch of trash? It just completely pushes against the sentimentality of a loot pursuit player. I don't know if I've ever seen a game do that. Hey, come spend hundreds of hours grinding for the best gear, and then we'll make you use not that gear. 
I don't think curated loadouts will ever be well received in this game because you see your weapons as an extension of you. Just today, I tried to go back to the Midnight Coup and I couldn't do it. I'm too used to the Warden's Law. I put my Warden's Law back on and it felt like home. It felt good. And to be forced to use guns and gear that I may be uncomfortable with, you may think, but but that adds diversity. That makes things feel different. I mean, sure, but if it's forced, what's the psychological state of the player? Man, I'm so glad I'm being forced to use a scout and a sidearm. Man, the diversity's just through the roof. No, you're like, man, this gun sucks. I wish I could just use the gun that I like. I don't think the, the enjoyment factor... I think gets diminished very quickly because you're having to use loot that you just don't li- you don't you don't like it. Um LL Brood. Are you scared of how repetitive it's going to be? Yeah, I talked about that in, the, in in numerous times this morning. Uh Prime Soot. How do, uh, do you hope Gambit Prime is less held back by blueberries than OG Gambit was? Uh and as a prime and as a prime, I bless Gambit Prime with greatness. Oh my gosh. Um I talked about this in I talked about this in my um, in my talk that the solo influence may be higher in this than normal gambit because if you come in and you're a really really good reaper or you're a really really good uh, moat collector you're a really good collector your influence over the game may be greater that than like what are you gonna do in normal gambit? Oh, I, I shot those enemies faster than you. Oh, I, I killed that HVT really fast. That's it. That's it. You're all scrambling to pick up the moats and bank them, and your impact is only as good as the, as the moats that your team kind of lets you pick up and bank because if they keep picking them all up or they, they keep getting 15 and dying, it's gonna it negatively affects you and you can't really do anything. But if you're able to have a better mode economy, have a better survivability, have better damage, you know, maybe just you're a better invader or you're stopping invaders. If you're able to have more influence as a solo player because of those perks, then you may be like, you know, these guys don't know what they're doing, but I'm kind of I'm kind of helping quote unquote carry the team right now. That could get that could kind of wear you out obviously after a while, but at least you would feel some sense of satisfaction of I'm a really good collector. I'm a really good Reaper. Uh, SB2D. Thoughts on having Gambit Prime have a roll queue and force one roll for each team. Typically, this would allow Gambit Prime to reach higher levels of sweat, to use Bungie's words, and Bungie has toyed with the idea of competitive play before. It'd be terrible and people would hate it. It would be terrible and people would hate it. Number one, number one, it would make matchmaking take forever because if you only have an armor set for, let's say, Invader, well, then they have to find you a match where there are people that have other armor sets. So matchmaking would take a freaking lifetime, all right? Second, nobody wants to go in and be told what to do. Man, I love being the collector and you're telling me I got to be the dadgum invader. I don't want to be the invader. I've got guns and a loadout built for collecting. I've got guns and a loadout built for being the reaper. Get the frick out of my face. Don't tell me what to do. That's how people would feel. So there's two layers of problems there. Logistically speaking, it would be a nightmare of getting people together with the proper loadouts to even do that. So you'd wait, you would wait in queue for a dadgum lifetime because you're limiting who you can play with. If everybody's trying to run Invader, you're never going to find anybody to play with because it's trying to put people on a team that all each have one of one of every, you know, one of every. And consider this: you can mix, you can mix and match. You can mix and match. 
So what what does the game decide, right? If you've got two pieces that are invader and one piece that's sentry and you think that's a great build, well, how do they decide where to put you and how do they decide how to restrict that in the in the early game? I think it's best to just let people pick and figure it the frick out. Uh, three from Egg Gregor. Thank you for three months, dude. That's a blue badge. Uh, Barracks. If you like invading as well as killing ads, how do you choose what role you would like to pick? I don't know. That's between you and your own brain, man. Just pick. I mean, you could mix and match. You could decide. You could get a loadout for invading, and you could get a loadout. You could get a loadout for um, killing ads. So you could have a reaper, and you could have an invader. And depending on who you're playing with, you could switch. If you go in and you see some other guy who's already decked out for invading, you can be like, "All right, I'll be the reaper this time." Uh, Maple's word says what do you think about the changes to auto shoddy is it useful um chevy's in chat he's not gonna like this but it needed to happen i i after my ikalos shotgun nerf video everyone nobody liked me obviously for saying what i said but the 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 nerf to rapid fire shotguns needed to happen it was a Here's the thing. People are always like, but Lono, aren't you anti-nerfs? What about the power fantasy? And what I said in my video was, you're not defending good power fantasy just because you're defending a powerful weapon. Rapid fire shotguns were completely outside the bell curve. And so loadouts became one dimensional, right? very very one dimensional just within shotguns themselves it was a problem you look at shotguns and you're like all shotguns shotguns are worthless if it's not a rapid fire okay it's not a rapid fire so even within shotguns completely completely irrelevant all the other all the other versions now once you leave shotguns the problem gets even greater fusion rifles do not have a mechanism of delivering damage that can keep up same with snipers all secondary quote unquote all secondary weapons are completely like way 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 below what a rapid fire shotgun can do so there was two layers to the problem they actually only highlighted the problem within shotguns themselves because I believe they really wanted to stress the fact we're raising other shotguns to give you variety of choice here these other shotguns are going to be quite a bit stronger okay there would have been literally no way okay there's been no way to bring the other weapons up okay because Chevy's saying just bring everything else up I think logistically and logically within the power hierarchy you can't do that because rapid fire shotguns were functioning as a DPS delivery that was the likes of a, of, a, of a heavy weapon they were functioning as a heavy weapon so basically what you're saying is raise fusions and snipers to all be basically at heavy weapon damage output so what ends up happening then is the power hierarchy is completely screwed up. You have a primary weapon and basically two heavies, two weapons that are designed to output so much damage that you completely break the structure of the power fantasy. There's a There are three tiers of weapons. There's tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier two is meant to be for mid-tier they're, they're meant to be for mid-tier enemies. Majors, shielded enemies, mini-bosses. That's what shotguns are for. That's what fusions and snipers should be for. They deliver more damage in, in, a, in a unique way than your primary weapon, okay? And that's why they have less ammo. That's why that ammo economy is a little bit more controlled. Now, what was happening with shotguns is rapid-fire shotguns were completely leaving that hierarchy. Rapid fire shotguns were saying, no, 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 you can gut bust, sure, you can shield pop, but use this thing on a freaking boss. It does such an insane amount of damage over time, it's basically a heavy weapon in disguise. 
So the problem is there is no hierarchy. There is no secondary weapon tier. It's basically a primary weapon and two heavies. One of those heavies being a rapid fire shotgun. So there's literally no way that you would have basically had to have said, okay, here's a rapid fire fusion. Here's a rapid fire sniper and given them similar DPS patterns. And essentially by doing that, you would have been doing the same thing. You would have nullified the fusion rifles as as a gun type. There'd be one fusion rifle type worth using. There'd be one sniper rifle type worth using. And the tier one, tier two, tier three power hierarchy would have been completely damaged and broken. You would have basically created more irrelevant weapons than we already have to a certain degree. And you would have been saying there is no mid-tier weapon anymore. Using a mid-tier weapon is basically stupid because you can use this new rapid-fire fusion archetype that's basically just another version of it. It's kind of like a rapid-fire shotgun that just makes different sounds. So... It's unfortunate that it happened because I know people fell in love with rapid fire shotguns. I mean, you're talking to the guy that influenced lots of people to use the Occam's razor in Wrath of the Machine. Like rapid fire shotguns are are amazing and I love them, but man oh man, I wanted to change things up sometimes and it always felt like I was basically hurting my own power, which is bad power fantasy. Oh, you're tired of using shotguns? No problem, use a fusion. It's not even close. It's it's it feels like garbage in comparison. So, yes, they need to bring fusions and snipers up, but I don't think it was possible to bring them up to match a rapid fire because rapid fire shotguns were doing such an inordinate amount of damage. It essentially was doubling their damage output. So you basically would have to do the same for all secondary weapons, which, again, hurts the power hierarchy. Cynical. Do you think that Bungie will be able to keep up with the demand of content with the separation from Activision? I have zero clue, man. I mean... They're going to finish out the annual pass and then they're going to tell us what their vision is for future content. Whatever, you know, September and beyond, you know, September and beyond is we, we're going to have to, we're going to have to just kind of wait and see. I think a big reason this happened is because every enemy had a pushback mechanic. So the rapid fire shotgun needed to be able to do a lot of damage before the pushback, but we figured out a way to sidestep the pushback mechanic to add unlimited ammo perks, no reloading. Well, and not only that is the pushback mechanic is incredibly easy to mitigate. You can see the animation for pushback coming a mile away and you just melee to cancel. I mean, it's just rapid fire shot, uh, body shot DPS was three times that of any fusion rifle. Yeah, like I just, I, and again, that's because the rapid fire shoddy is functioning at the level of a heavy. So unless, unless you raise all those weapons up to the level of a heavy, they're never, ever, ever catching it. Ever. So it's again, you know what this is? I'll tell you what this is. This is Queen Breakers having double the intended aim assist for five months. That's what this is. Rapid fire shotguns ran away in the power fantasy because they were originally power weapons when the game was initially conceived of for Destiny 2 Vanilla. They gave us Ikalaj shotgun, they gave it to us, and it was a power weapon, and it never stopped being a power weapon and nobody understood that in my video they were like you're just calling for nerfs you're just being a baby and it's like no this rapid fire archetype is basically a power weapon it never stopped being a power weapon and that's the problem mentat canis for someone who has never played destiny is this a good time to jump in i think now would be a great time to jump in you would have an unbelievable amount of content and loot to chase and they've made it a little bit easier for you to catch up to everybody once you kind of get in proximity of uh gambit prime and season of the drifter what are your thoughts on queen breaker 
Uh, I don't understand why it took him five months to fix it. Uh, they nerfed Sleeper like within like a week. Uh, worked game. Do you think we will ever see crossplay or cross progression brought to Destiny? And would you want that? I would love cross save. Cross save just makes sense to me. All of our gear and our characters are stored on the Bungie.net servers. I can use an API called Destiny Item Manager and I can move all my gear around. So, why not? Why not let people boot up on the PlayStation? It pings Bungie.net and it says, here's your character that you were just playing on P- on PC, right? You know, I don't. I cross-save I think would be a pretty easy thing to do. That's not a problem in my opinion. More power the better, more fun the game is. No, I think you can get into the theater of the absurd. I think if you're too powerful, if you're too powerful, it just becomes absurd and nothing is challenging. If, if to take what you're saying to its logical end, my friends had had glitched weapons in Borderlands that were the most powerful weapons in the game and they basically one-shot everything. Well, more power the better, right? No, it completely nullified the flow of combat. It completely nullified the feel of progressing in the game. It felt ludicrous. It felt stupid. So if you're way too strong because you basically are carrying two heavy weapons, if they would have made fusion rifles just absurdly strong to catch up to rapid fires, it again creates this meaninglessness to the weapon system. It's just like, so basically it's like primary, 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 boom, 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 fusion, 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 rocket. Oh yeah, everything's dead. That wasn't hard at all. So now I would agree with what Evil Reborn is saying if, if, they had the spiral staircase and I could raise the power level of the public spaces and the instances. If I could go on patrol and set the power level to 700, then sure, the more power the better because I'm probably going to need it. And if you give me a loot incentive to raise the power level of the forges or the public space or strikes to 700 and you take what evil's saying and you apply it and say more power the better, well then I would be inclined to agree with you. But we don't have that. We have a game that becomes very, very easy, very, very quickly, and I just, I think that's the danger, is that you make us even, we're, listen, let's be honest, we are ridiculously strong in the history of Destiny, we are ridiculously strong right now. Our supers, our heavies, the things that we can do, the complimentary builds that we can come up with, we are unbelievably strong right now, stronger than we ever have in the history of Destiny. So arguing for more power on top of that, I if you're try if you try and tell me you feel weak in this game, I don't know what you're doing cuz we there are so many strong builds and combinations right now. Noth 21. I don't know if what I saw is correct, but it seems you can only get a single armor piece for prime per week. If that's correct, don't you think it could be more frustrating to get unwanted rolls on pieces you already have um, or pieces you already have? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. That to me is worrisome. If they're gonna gate it that severely, right? They're gonna it, it that they're gonna they're gonna really really make it take. Why am I gonna grind Gambit Prime then? I mean, I guess for the for I, well, I guess for the guns, maybe they don't want people to have um full armor sets really fast. So it's sort of a slow burn for power, you know. I only feel weak when I use Warden's Law. I mean, that's understandable. It's it's a precision weapon, so you're used to just shoving barrel in stomachs and pulling in holding down the trigger. I, I know Chevy. It's it's hard, it's hard to use good aim when you're used to not doing that. I mean, I get it. It's okay. Like you have to hit your shots with a Warden's Law. <laughs> Got it. 
Uh, Freight Train, how do you feel about 20 motes super blocker that the collector gets? Um, I think I think it's in a good balance. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see because you're you're basically there's good risk in there. If you have if you're working towards 20 motes and you drop them, they stay. You, you die. You drop the motes as a collector. So potentially that's good balance and good risk reward. Like you you are risking not sending more blockers. You're sending a big blocker. It could be worth the payout. But they've cushioned the, they've cushioned the punishment a little bit, right? They've cushioned the punishment a little bit. So, said that to 160 kills on the coup. I know it's got the highest aim assist in the game. I get it, man. You you don't have good aims. You, you have to lean on the weapon with the highest aim assist, <laughs> and, and and a barrel <laughs> and a barrel stuff rapid fire shotgun. It's okay, Chevy. It's all right. Cynical. <laughs> Cynical says, do you do you think that the new armor and rolls that Bungie should bring a roll selection before the match? Um, I think you're going to have time to do that. If you load into if you if you load into that that opening area where you're kind of looking at each other, that's probably your time to do that. You know, so uh, Invader Zim is Gambit really going to be worth continuously uh, going after all the loot once it's grabbed when Season of the Drifter releases? Alright, this is a great question. Here's the deal. If they if they trickle the, 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 the armor the way that somebody just in chat said they might be doing, that's going to keep you playing. Okay. Then, consider this. Bungie needs to continue seeing the value of creating pockets of content loop that can later just be updated with new bounties like what Ada has. Okay, man, Lono, you keep coming back to Ada's bounties. You're darn right I do. Because if they do that in all the pockets of the game that can be replayable, you will have too much to do every week. Too much to do. Imagine Blindwell, Infinite Forest, Escalation Protocol getting updated with loot and bounties to pursue that rotates each week. Now, take that same idea and apply it to all the NPCs and all the public spaces and then in six months they could do the exact same thing to Gambit Prime how you living hotshot got some new loot for you to chase like and now he's got new bounties for you to do you jump back into Gambit Prime if you want people to engage with all the pockets of the game, invest in those pockets. If they want people to continue playing Gambit Prime, if you want people to be going into Escalation Protocol or the Infinite Forest or any activity, you just put freaking intentional loot grinds in there and people will do it. When they, if, if they were to do that, then all you have to do, all you have to do is keep filling those buckets with new stuff. You've already created a bunch of great loopable content. Just fill the buckets every once in a while with new junk to chase. Didn't they say you can only level up armor one tier per week? Uh, why would you run it more than once a week? I'm pretty sure Lars said the loop is prime to get the synth, reckoning to gamble synth for armor repeat. Then you level the tiers each week to tier four. Uh, that They even said you won't see colored armor for four weeks. The reckoning difficulty increases each week from tier to tier four. I would think maybe you would be getting weapon drops. We'll have to wait, Chester. That's a good question. Maybe there'll be bounties. I hope there's intentional bounties. I really do. I hope there's a way to sort of just go for specific things instead of just hoping for stuff to drop. Uh, Bites. 
I didn't play Black Armory. I'm only 550. I logged in last night and I feel very far behind. Any advice for the new player? Yes. Grab the Power Surge bounties from, from Drifter, which will be available in 45 minutes. You grab those Power Surge bounties, and within about one hour, they said you can skyrocket your way all the way to 640. Now, that's a Band-Aid, okay? I have not been very kind to the leveling system because I think it's garbage and I think it's bad for the player experience. You still are going to have to climb from 640 to 700 and I hope that that's not a bad experience. I would love for them to say that next week there's another patch coming to make, you know, milestones repeatable, right? Make milestones repeatable. Make, uh... Uh, make prime ingrams keep dropping you know I think your timing's off resets in an hour and 45 no it's not it is in 43 minutes it resets at 12 eastern now they don't they don't acknowledge the uh, the time change so that's where uh, that's where I think they need to land listen if people all come clamoring back okay if people come clamoring back to this game and you jump them to 640 and then 640 to 700 is another frustrating oh crap I got a gun and I needed boots situation and they run out of milestone right then that's going to be really frustrating it only takes two weeks to get max power Chevy do you honestly think your experience or my experience is normative for the player base at large with all the things that we can do to get the extra powerful drops most players are just wanting to play the game and level up you've got to be honest about that homie we level up in a way that most folks don't most folks are not doing raids they're not running into all those areas where you can get all those extra drops um if they play it could be no no, leveling that is contingent upon milestones, RNG, limited milestones every week, and prime drops is the primary means by which most people level up. And I don't think the player base at large, when Black Armory lands and only 12% of the community is at max power, that's all the proof you need that the leveling doesn't freaking work. It's not good. There's no... Listen... Um, thank you, Bites, for the brand new sub. You are not gaining anything by making leveling take longer. Leveling should not take longer. Leveling should just happen so you can just enjoy the game and chase loot. Leveling is not a value point. It isn't. What what benefit is there to tell somebody, oh, but Charlie, it's good for you to only be 660 right now, dude. It's good. You know, sure, the, the new maps and the new tiers of Reckoning are, are beyond your delta and you can't play them and it's really frustrating, but it's good because you can play more and you can chase more stuff. I just don't think that's good. It's a way for them to stretch the content bingo it's a way to stretch out content and what it is it's an import from vanilla destiny 2 vanilla destiny 2 was a thin game with nothing to do well plenty to do with no incentive and they use the milestone system this candy crush sort of you're out of turns garbage where up nothing else you can do this week to level up sorry you got eight pairs of boots you know they did that to extend vanilla d2 and we're still living with that leveling system it's not a good level leveling system nova hands thank you for 18 months at the point the point that i always make when this comes up is the people that that level up really really fast are proof that it's not a value point the hardcore players blaze right past it and they get nothing out of it 
All it does is slow down the players that just want to boot up, do the looties and the shooties, and they don't want to think about all this crap. And they also don't want to be sitting there trying to level up, and they're like, I need boots, and I got my third kinetic weapon in a row. That is freaking infuriating. If it was intentional, okay, if it was intentional, like, at least Ada's bounty tells you what you're getting. You're getting armor. So at the very least, they could revamp all the milestones to be like, every week the milestones are going to rotate. Some milestones will give you armor, some milestones will give you gun. So at the very least, when you need armor and not guns, you could focus your energies on milestones that reward armor, so you're having a more intentional grind. Or, or, mind-blowing choice here, whenever you grab the reward that's the milestone and you cash it in, you click armor or you click gun, so you can have more intentionality. At the very least, they could do that. Vanilla uh, leveling was decent compared to how it, how it is now. Yeah, but Eugene, again, I think we have to admit that the leveling was designed to extend the content because they knew they didn't have much of a game. I think the leveling was designed to extend the content. It wasn't just a play-and-level-up RPG. I mean, I've never ever seen an RPG approach leveling where they say you level dependent upon what drops so you can get something that drops and does nothing for you and that is tied to a limited system each week where you run out of stuff to level you up. I've just It's so convoluted and bad. It's not how most RPGs run. Most RPGs, you play, you're leveling up. As you level up, you're getting powerful gear, you're getting new stuff, and then once you get max level, you focus on the loot pursuit. And I feel like so many people get stuck in the purgatory of bad drops and bad milestones that they just check out. They just check out. They're like, this freaking sucks. I, I can't, you know, I cannot stand getting weapons when I need armor pieces. It just doesn't work very well. And then you add the infusion cost with enhancement cores to the problem, and it just is a very, very giant stiff arm to casual players. I'm not saying casualify the game. I'm saying enhancement cores being tied to infusion and leveling being kind of being being setting up the way it does neither of those value points land on hardcore players they don't we level in a week or two and we don't struggle to have enhancement cores in our inventory those value points don't land on us therefore what do they do they land as hurdles and pain points on the rest of the player base that are completely unnecessary that's the crux of my argument uh e travis how does the Gambit Prime gear work? You receive gear based on the role you're currently playing, or is it just the same armor and everyone does it? I think you get the armor pieces from the synths, and you get them from Reckoning, and then you choose, as you level up the armor, you choose what perk you want to unlock. So I think you'll choose, and then you'll kind of be locked into that one for a while until you can do it again. Sloth. Do you know what those of us who didn't buy the annual pass will get this season? No. Because Bungie made a terrible decision and they've muddied their marketing. It used to be, here's the annual pass, okay? That's on top of the season. So you had Season of the Forge, Season of the Drifter, Season of Opulence. On top of that, you had Black Armory, Joker's Wild, and Penumbra. So there was a clear distinction between what was monetized and what was free. I cannot freaking tell you right now with any clarity what you get if you don't have the annual pass. It... They, they, they completely have muddied and muddled their marketing. It doesn't. People bought an annual pass that now has been altered and changed. Wait, I don't understand. I bought the annual pass. I thought I was getting, uh, I thought I was getting Black Armory, Joker's Wild, and Penumbra. Where are those things now? Oh, it's just Season of the Drifter now. 
Okay, but wasn't Season of the Drifter all the free stuff? I don't understand. What am I getting as a paying customer? Like, they should... I don't... I, I still, to this day, I, I, I cannot wrap my brain around that change in dialogue. It makes zero freaking sense. It doesn't... I, I don't understand. You, you've now confused people that spent money, and people that haven't spent money, I, I guess you're just gonna boot up and have to read and see. Hopefully it's very clear on, the, on like, the Welcome to Season of the Drifter, like, welcome screen. Um... Yoy Cuff, will you be able to use your Gambit Prime gear in regular Gambit? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because that would be that would be a potential problem. I think regular Gambit is supposed to be more casual. Um I think I think it's supposed to be re- you know more casual and Prime's supposed to be the the role-based intense sweaty environment. They said on Fireteam chat gear perks are for Prime only. There you go. Thank you chat. Speed 87. Escalation Protocol has different boss mechanics at varying levels of difficulty. Why not Gambit as well? I made this point when I was answering somebody's previous question that I think those are mechanics that are that are completely fine because they can be solved and, and engaged with in a visual way. It's not a stand on the plate. Okay, are you ready? Okay, now I'm doing it. Ne- like, imagine, you know, the level of mechanics in King's Fall or Last Wish. You can't have that level of mechanics. Even War Priest would be too complicated right that there's just no freaking way it needs to be visually solvable the way that the meatball is visually solvable oh there's a shield oh wait let me shoot this thing it's got to be that simple now if there's layers to it and it takes a couple of different things that you have to do that's fine again as long as like escalation protocol and the meatball you should be able to solve it just by kind of looking and paying the frick attention if it's time based and communication based it won't work as a match-made environment. It will just turn people off real freaking quick. And I think Bungie's too smart to do that. Next question from uh, Dr. Cleveland. With the new season starting today, do all the forges from a previous season automatically open? Uh, I have no idea. You will have to wait and see. I, I, I thought they already did that. Well, they they open they open Berguzia, which Berguzia basically is that's all you need. I mean, obviously, if there's a bounty that tells you to do Valunder, you got to go do Valunder. But I don't know how they've handled the forge unlocks. I don't know if they're going to unlock all of them as soon as the next season starts. Uh, Luna, maybe it will be like the Court of Oryx mechanics. It was a bit more complex than Meatball, but not too complicated. That's another example that I think is is fair because you you again you didn't need a lot of communication but if we're honest okay like the guys that you had to get close together those nights or you had to you had to blow up the thrall next to the ogre sometimes that would be really frustrating if you had an idiot who just kept blowing up the thrall like hey what are you doing we need those thrall that's gonna be the big the big risk they've got to make sure that an idiot can't ruin it you know oh he just keeps dude he keeps blowing up the thrall we're not we're gonna we are literally gonna lose because you know dingbat 229 over here just keeps blowing up the thrall and we need the thrall we got to kite him over here we're we we, yeah, we lost there's no way he's, he's killed him four times in a row you can't have a scenario like that like that'll be <laughs> that'll be freaking tilting it's got to be it's got to be visually solvable but not corruptible that's that, that's a that's a hard line to to land on if it's corruptible um then 
it, 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 and as as Eugene is saying, it literally could just be a kid. It could literally be a kid that's like, "Yeah, Dad, I'm shooting the bad guys," and he's just shooting the thrall, and you're like, "You idiot!" Like, and you have no idea. It's just some kid having fun. So it needs to be something like when you're doing escalation protocol, for example, not shooting the thrall. Sure, it heals the ogre, but nobody's gonna mess that up. I mean, how, what are you gonna do? Put a, intentionally put a shield down, you know, so they run through your your you know your ward of dawn and get to him. I mean, you'd have to go out of your way to corrupt that. I mean. That's just people, you know, we got to kill these thrall when they show up. Got to pay attention and listen. So, um, Cronister Army says, how do you feel about Gambit version of Trials? Do you think it can keep the game fresh and alive uh, till Trials is released? Okay, here's something I think people need to understand. People that are looking for Trials, I don't think those people are going to see Gambit Prime as the answer to their woes. Um, I don't. I don't think these people are going to say, oh my gosh, guys, we don't need Trials. Gambit Prime is here. Now, there could be some who look at Gambit Prime as the place where they can go sweat and be super organized. But at a ground level, people who want Trials to come back, they want Trials to come back. <laughs> They're not interested in bosses and, me- and mechanics and picking up moats. They want to slay out. They want to collapse. They want to get pinches. They want to get wins. That's what they want to do. This will not satisfy them. It won't. Um, now, again, there could be people that just like PvP and they like sweating, and they may go in there and, and have a ball, but I don't think there's a lot of people in the the people that are in the bring back trials camp are not celebrating gambit prime i don't see that as something that's going to happen so keep in mind the people that are in the bring back trials camp I, i'm not being mean when i say this you're in they're in a big 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 no they're in a tiny tiny minority trials engagement over the years was never the majority not even close it was always a very small slice of the community it got even smaller after rise of iron because the casuals stopped playing because the bounties didn't reward new new trials loot so they're a small minority they're very very tiny in the grand scheme of the player base so to a certain extent whether or not they're excited about gambit prime doesn't matter what matters is the lion's share of the community that's booting up every day what are they doing are they enjoying gamut prime or do they hate it that's going to be the ultimate question and then beyond that week two and three are people getting burned out because it's such a small offering of repetitious content instead of kind of taking you into a lot of different areas planets and activities it's gamut prime over and over again and pivoting from that in the reckoning uh nova hands had an 18 month sub thank you so much nova and then uh parasite with a prime sub thank you by the way guys if you're new to the stream and never been here before and you're enjoying the content thank you so much this is how I cover games I go into a segment like this periodically typically I'd be doing gameplay but I can go through the answer the, que- the questions a lot faster we're short on time we got 30 minutes before the reset and, and season of the drifter starts so um, I appreciate you guys being here if you're enjoying this interactive radio show style content please click the follow button that is a free and easy way to support what I do that's just a little heart button uh, Dad, Data Doug says, "What are your thoughts on Bungie not touching PvP? Seems like they have had a chance to add some loot to come uh, to competitive this season to draw people back in. Season reset is their chance to entice, uh, and they're r- really messing that one up." Okay, 
I don't work or, or speak for Bungie, but I think there's two things going on here, okay? There's two things going on. Number one, Gambit Prime needs everyone in the funnel for it to have a chance of getting off the ground. Matchmaking needs to be quick, and you need lots of lots of low-skilled, mid-skilled, and high-skilled players in there, so it's just a big mixture, okay? You want everybody in there. So, not focusing on PvP is a passive way to nudge people into Gambit Prime. Like, what do you, uh, you want something new to do? Go try out Gambit Prime. The other thing that's going on, I just don't think PvP is the focus right now in general from, as, as a philosophy of Bungie, I don't think it's the focus, and there's, there's, a, there's a pretty clear reason for that. They gave us the power that we wanted, and it's not done anything but turned PvP into a conversation about nerfs and things being broken. And so I just don't think that's the focus right now. They're going to make little sandbox tweaks here and there. They want to get the sandbox where they want it. Um, But at this point, I just don't think PvP is the focus from a philosophical standpoint. From a logistical standpoint, they want as many people in Prime as possible. Did I skip a question? Do you think there's too many things that require a majority of players to play with a web browser open next to them? Oh, I'm sorry. I did skip last throw's question. I didn't mean to do that. Sometimes I preload the next question, look away, and then scroll by accident. I didn't mean to do that. Last throw says, do you think there are too many things in Destiny that require the majority of the players to play with a web browser open next to them? Um, not, I think required is a strong word. I think, I think the... The APIs that help you move gear and stuff is certainly nice, and LFG certainly helps, but it's not a requirement. You know, you can... You do not need... uh, You do not need... um, The DIM. It certainly is really, really helpful. I think they could do something very simple to alleviate some of this. They could do loadouts. Okay, I can do loadouts in DIM, and with the push of a button, it pulls all my gear to my character for that loadout. If I could open up my inventory, and above my character, there were five or six squares, and each of those squares was a loadout. So I could have a loadout for patrols, PvP, Gambit Prime, Nightfalls, whatever. And I click that button, and it pulls all my gear down. And if I do that in orbit, it even equips the gear, right? You can't have it equip it whenever you're, like, in an actual environment. And what that would do is is that would empower the player to not always feel the need to have dim open. You could basically just, you know, do some, have some loadouts, have some different things that you do. You have to remember, a lot of folks don't have any problem going to the tower and getting into their vault. I know we don't like it, you know. We don't like that, but I, I think a lot of players just don't really care as much as you do because... Here's the thing. Once you get a taste for dim, if dim goes down, it is... It is so bad. It feels so bad if Dim goes down, right? As I'm saying this, I'm going to make sure that my Warlock has all the stuff that I want. Because I'm probably going to run him first with his Nova build. Um, so, the, the, the reason, okay, the reason that this is important is because sometimes we see that convenience and it becomes necessary to the way that you engage with the content. But it's not necessary in the grand scheme of things. You're saying it's a requirement. I'm saying no, not really. It it kind of it kind of isn't a requirement. You've created it in your mind as a requirement because it is so nice. It feels so good. Um, but there's plenty of reason to say that you know you don't you don't need it to you don't need it to play. 
there's a there's a lot of things in the game that I think we get accustomed to and then we think oh man I, I need this there's no way I can live without this but that's that's just sort of your experience at that point being sort of uh, you're sort of you're sort of creating that that desire by engaging with it and the average player doesn't feel the same way that you do right so I'm just moving things around to make sure that my my warlock has uh, has a nice variety of things here um, so that if dim goes down, I still have my stuff. Let's go to the next question. Function. Do you think that enhanced perks on armor for tier 3 reckoning uh, is enough of a carrot for PvE-focused players to chase? Personally, I'm still running raids weekly uh, to get enhanced perks. I don't know. That might be a strong enough motivation. That might be a strong enough motivation. That's pretty thin and pretty far out, though. Right? You're... You're basically trusting that people are going to figure that out and care enough to, to wait and run, you know, to wait and run tier three of the reckoning. I, it's just one of those things where I, I, uh, I think enhanced perks should be handled completely differently. I think enhanced perks should be something that the player can initiate with enhancement cores. And that would give enhancement cores their proper function and use. Take them out of infusion, keep them in masterwork, and let and, and let me enhance perks with enhancement cores. Therefore, I grind for the role, get the role, invest in the role. Enhancement cores now have a purpose and a capstone mastery function in the game that they should, instead of being tied to infusion, which is stupid. So I that's what I would do with enhancement cores and. If you're like, oh, but I would want to, why, why not put them in endgame content? I think endgame content should be more about going for really, really good roles and things that you can't get anywhere else. Like, I don't know, curated loads on, what about curated roles on armor, curated roles on guns, etc. And that would be why you're going in, you know. Um, is it okay to join you when the content first comes out? Or are you just going to ask for people to join? Wait for me to give the green light silent because you guys will slow me down. Like, you'll make it hard for me to get in and out of the tower to read things. Um, in fact, I'm going to set my roster just so nobody jumps the gun. I'm going to set it to invite only. Just because, like, initially I like to go to the tower. We like to look at all the new stuff. And then you guys, like, jump in and I can't, I can't get into the tower. Like, you lag me out. So just wait. I'll give the green light. That's a good. That was actually a good question. I always forget that, and so do you guys. And then we're stuck in orbit for ten minutes when I'm trying to get into the content and show it off to people. Uh, Error hero, which role are you most excited to play? Collector, uh, collector. Which one do you think will be the most uh, influential? Collector. I think collector is going to be the most influential because collector drops moats, and collector can send twenty, twenty. Uh, 20, 20 moat blockers. So I think if you run two or three collectors and then you ha- have one invader, think about what that does. If someone invades and kills you or locks or steals your moats or whatever, they're gonna ha- you're basically gonna force them to want to lock and steal moats instead of kill instead of killing you. Because if they kill you and you drop your moats, they've not achieved anything other than really slowing you down. They have to go get the moats. So you're passively putting pressure on the invader when you are the moat collector. 
the moat collector is a threat from a distance because sure you can kill me but then you got to come get my moats which means you've got to move which means my buddies are going to probably team shot you or kill you so i actually think moat collector is going to be hugely influential reaper is going to be influential but his his capstone perk might not be that exciting for people i don't think you're going to see a lot of reapers the green guy because he gets like extra grenade energy from a high value kill that seems really low key i think you're going to see mostly collectors and invaders and then sentries and then bottom of the bottom of the list of popularity will be uh, the green guy, the the Reaper. Um, Xery, do you think solo players will suffer on Prime and the Reckoning since it looks like it will become sweaty? I already talked about this. Why I think you're going to have more influence as a solo player than in the past. That's going to come with time, though. If it's going to take us a really really long time to get the perks, here's my concern. I want to add this to my concerns now. Oh wow, Lono's right. These classes could potentially give me the opportunity to have more influence as a solo player. But if they've time-gated it and it takes you three or four weeks before you f- you actually get to that place where you're a quote-unquote collector and getting those perks, solo players may get turned off right away. They may get turned off right away. They're like, dude, I, can have, I have zero influence over the flow of the game. We're just getting stomped by organized teams. This isn't fun. This is super sweaty. I'm out. That could easily... That could easily be the result of the fact that they've time-gated the perks. I think once you get the perks, I've theorized that those perks and those classes could very easily put you in a mindset of like, dude, I, I'm, I'm influencing the flow of the game way more than regular Gambit because I'm a good collector. I'm a good sentry. But unfortunately, that might take three or four weeks to even become a thing. And then you, by that time, you might be like, no, nah, forget this crap, dude. I don't like this. It takes too long to get anything done. It's taking too long to get those perks. So, now, if we can get one perk this week, and it's the first perk, the collector's first perk is drop moats on death. That might be influential enough to make it satisfactory if that's the first perk you can get this week. If inv- you know invaders get this first week, gain ammo while invading, that's not going to make invading suddenly like mind-numbingly frustrating to deal with, unless, of course, they get power ammo. Sentries get multi-kills grant damage buff against Taken. That's not that influential as one perk. It's the rest of the perks that are really good for the sentry. And then the Reaper weaken high-value targets. Reaper may be initially really popular, but once people start capstoning, Reaper might become less popular. I don't know. It's just, it's really, really a question of how how is it going to feel getting only one perk? Like, is it going to feel influential enough? You know, literally more damage taken only after a multi-kill though, Daz. You only get the increased damage taken after a multi-kill. So that's very contextual. If your buddies kill him too fast, or you don't get the third kill, or you don't get the the extra multi kill to proc the taken damage, I mean, and taken her, and yeah, and taken her on the platform of the blockers. So I don't know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, the the Doug says, do you think Queen Breaker and Crooked Fang still dominate Gambit Prime after they get that much needed nerf? I will have to wait and see. Um, we'll have to wait and see. It's really going to come down to, um, the flow of the maps and, and wall hacking because what one hit weapons are still going to be the go-to because you're going to want to look from far away, wall hack. There they are. Get a kill. That's still going to probably be the low risk, potentially high reward strategy that invaders will take. It just makes sense. It's a four V one situation and I can see through walls. I'm going to engage from really far away. 
you get too close, you're just gonna get freaking team shot. Like you, you can't you can't do a lot of moving. You gotta do a lot of like hiding and wall hacks enables you to do that. We'll just have to wait and see. Alex, Mike, do you think the armor sets added will really help the game mode? Uh, we will still have the problem with wall hacks, snipers, linear fusions. Like, yeah, I just, just talked about this. Well, again, we're going to have to wait and see. My hope would be that the perks for Sentry and Collector and Reaper really make it difficult for Invasion to be super influential. If Invasion becomes marginally influential... Keep in mind, it's still influential. If Invasion becomes marginally influential, I'll be a happy camper. It'll be more about strategy and synergy, boss strategy, using your classes, doing the things, being a good collector, being a good sentry. That's where you're going to really want to shine as a player. Instead of being like, dude, we got invaded and we and, and, and Frank died. We just lost. It's just over. It's it's That's typically how regular Gambit feels. One good Invasion, you're like, well, oh, frick, this round's over. We just, yeah... That, that genius over there in the corner with 14 motes. I don't know, he's picking his nose or something. I don't know what he's doing. He's dead. Yeah, 14 motes. There's no way we're catching back up. You know? Drill Dog. There will be armor sets for different roles in Prime. Do you think the game could become unbalanced when people start earning full suits if one, uh, if like too many of one class? That's one of my lingering concerns. I brought that up last night on the podcast that I don't have a lot of confidence in Bungie to have this be a balanced environment. They didn't do a good job balancing Gambit queen breakers and sleeper were a joke and they told us we wouldn't be able to melt bosses and we can so i don't have a whole lot of confidence that's a lingering concern that i have that three or four weeks from now really really cheesy metas will emerge yeah yeah just run three of these guys and it's almost impossible to lose i'm i'm concerned about that i am that's i honestly feel like in a couple of weeks you're going to see literally teams of all collectors with one invader because the the benefit of dropping the moats on the ground that's an enormous benefit. That that totally minimizes the efficacy of invading significantly. And if they lock if they lock the bank and steal moats, how much can they steal, right? And if that's what they're going to do, it's not going to be that hard to kill them if we if they're on a centralized location, just launch your super over there. So I I would see multiple collectors and one invader being a go-to strategy now i know the other ones have perks that might be nice but again if you're just brute forcing the moat collection and speeding past people because you've got that many collectors on your team now you might not want to have a bunch of collectors on your team because you want to work toward those 20 moat ogres and the collectors are working against each other it's like it's like in those reality shows like America's Got Talent and there's two singers at the end. There's two singers and a magic act. Well, the magic act has an advantage because the two singers kind of cancel each other out. They're both kind of diluting the vote because they're both getting... It's like everybody that likes a singer, they can't vote for both, so it dilutes the vote. If you've got two, if you've got two guys trying to do collector, they're working against each other. It's going to take me a little bit longer to get my 20 moat giant because you're collecting moats too instead of being a uh, a sentry or a reaper to make things easier for me. So again, the if if you if you if you find these pain points and they were thoughtful about it, then great. I'm just worried there'll be cheesy strats that emerge. I mean, we we that's what destiny players do. So just saying the game uh, the game screen's very photogenic right now. Oh yeah, isn't that nice? I should turn off the HUD. 14 months from I am Prude, thank you. Uh, Lapernum. Do you think Thorn will be tied to Gambit like Malfeasance? More specifically, Gambit Prime? No idea. Everything seems tied to Prime, so 
probably. Um, I hope it's optimal, but not necessary to have each role on one team. It's such a delicate balance, isn't it? Because if you get on a team of people through matchmaking and everybody's geared out, think about it. If it takes you that long to unlock perks, you can't be like, hey, idiot, we're all invaders, switch off. He might be like, I can't. This is all I have right now. <laughs> like, What do you mean, switch off? This is what I have. It, 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 it's time-gated. This is all I've been able to get. Now, I don't know if every week we unlock one perk, and it's perk number one, for all of them and then you just pick which one you want to do so if you do get in the game and everybody's on invader you are able to switch that's the concern right if if it's only literally one perk per week in that in in a literal rigid sense that's all you can do well then that's concerning as well uh 27 months from matchstick thank you because you could basically get into a game and you're like wait i we're all invaders yeah no i can't switch off of invader what do you mean i this is the only perk i've unlocked up to now now if it's perk one on all four you know but people are saying it's four different armor sets so it's maybe it's one maybe you can get as much armor as you want but you can only maybe there's bounties to unlock the perks and you can only unlock one perk per week per armor set or something they had to have think that through because if not, all you're going to end up with is people going into matchmaking and being like, oh, gee, you, you, nobody can switch because you've limited how much armor we can get. Um, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, so we're getting the maintenance thing. So I'm going to exit from the game and see if I can download. There should be an update at some point and we'll just periodically sit here and check for the update while we do Q&A. Okay, so I'm going to go to options and I'm going to go to... Uh, check for updates and we're up to date so there's no update yet uh, at least for me on PC um switch to sentry after you're done banking in order to help boss DPS and fight off invasions when you start as a moat collector I see that as being more problematic than anything yeah I wonder if you can only swap in between rounds like I said last night Webski and Mike were both saying different things like well no it should be locked Webski saying well no you need the option to change if you don't have good team comp and I think a combination of that would be the best approach you can only change when you're in that room and then you go in and play because, I mean, that that's exactly right. You can get all the benefits of a collector, get the 20 guy over there, bank your 20 moats, and then switch and get those other benefits. That could be problematic as well. You're basically wearing all the hats, just periodically swapping. It's one round. Right, so once you, you pick at the beginning, you look at your teammates, and you're like, we're all invaders, frick, I'm going collector. You go collector. Once you load into the game, that's it. You can't swap. I, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm just guessing. That, to me, would be a better system than letting people swap in the middle of the game. That could create a lot of problems. Or maybe Bungie just says, we don't feel that's going to be all that helpful because of the time it takes to change and the speed of the game mode. It might not be, you know, it might not be helpful. Guys, keep it here. We're going to get the update. We're going to play. I'm going to cover it with you, discuss it with you. I won't be, you know, we're going to do Q&A. We'll end Q&A in a little bit, and we'll just jump in and play. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, there's about 10 minutes left of this Q&A. If you're here live right now and you've never been here before and you like this style of content, be sure to click the follow button. That's a free and easy way to help me. That's the little heart button. Uh, Hosdog, what are your thoughts on Bungie not releasing sandbox changes a week before the season of The Drifter? I really like how they staggered it in Forsaken. Uh, maybe they couldn't get it done. Maybe they ran out of time. Maybe they didn't feel the need to do it that early. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they don't like, uh, pushing out too many patches and updates because of certification on consoles. 
you know, I don't know. Because if they jam it all into one update, it, it doesn't have to go through the certification twice. I think it costs money to do that. Um, so... Uh, cover two. Do you think Bungie is slowly phasing out PvP and about to pull the plug? Annual pass owners are not getting trials, new maps, new game modes, crucible labs, or anything substantial to grind for. Seems like the beginning of the end. Uh, thank you for three months, Sinister. I mean, you're getting a pinnacle weapon. You're getting the submachine gun. But I do think there's a future without PvP. I think there's a possible future of Destiny's d- d- just not having PvP. And then other people are like, are you kidding me? So many people play. So many people, like, there's all those layers of, like, probably not. I do think they're going to keep PvP in the game. But again, I can imagine a future where they say, Gambit Prime's getting really good engagement. We see that as the future. We see that as the great culmination of both sides of the game. It'll empower us to not worry about patches and bugs. Because, hear me out here. You will never have a Destiny PvP without the space magic and imbalance. You won't have it. It would not be Destiny, right? So, PvP is and always will be the lifeblood of Destiny. Change my mind. I don't have to change your mind. You're wrong. All internal data, all tracking of players is completely at odds with what you're claiming. It always has been the smallest portion of the game, the smallest engagement portion of the game. And keep in mind... The people that boot up and play only PvP, if they're running internal data and these people never spend money, never buy annual pass content, never buy Forsaken, okay? I think there's a lot of them because they made the maps free because I think the non-purchasing consumers are a big portion of the matchmaking community. As a business, you have to question whether or not satisfying those players is worth it. They're non-revenue generating consumers. I'm not saying there's a lot of them. I'm saying there could be. There could be. It's the smaller player base, and within that smaller player base, let's say they're the smaller player base, okay? It's the smallest part of the game. There's this giant game, all these planets, all these activities, all these strikes, all these things, and then there's just like this little teeny tiny PvP thing, okay? It's the smallest portion of the game, it's the smallest percentage of the player base, and... In that player base, how many of the PvP-only people are spending money, are buying the annual pass, are buying the DLC? If if there's a significant number of PvP-only players that don't spend any money, they've given Bungie all the reason they need to to be like, it's not worth it. It isn't worth the dev time. People have even speculated about people like Kevin Yanes and others have changed their profile descriptions on Twitter. It's almost like they're not working on PvP anymore. So, I'm not trying to trigger people. I'm not trying to say, get rid of PvP. I'm saying, I could envision a future. I could envision a future where there is no PvP. And Bungie says, our vision for player versus player environments is found in Gambit and Gambit Prime. This is a game mode that we think is distinct and identifiable as a unique Destiny piece of content. And that would be their, that would be their, their push going forward. So, I'm not saying it's going to happen right but it certainly is one of the reasons so many things get nerfed now it doesn't mean gamut prime won't be a source of nerf either because i mean look at what they freaking did to sleeper so uh nitro with 25 months thank you so much uh vorix what are your thoughts on some sort of gambit prime lighthouse with rewards for teams that hit x amount of wins like in trials i mean we don't even know if that's needed right now mutt man we don't even know. Like, let's just get in the game and figure stuff out. Uh, 
Doog, do you think auto rifles need to be made more relevant and useful? I, I think auto rifles could use some love. I don't know how you fix auto rifles. If you make them too strong and too, too, too just generic, then they become a problem in PvP. Everything we just talked about, right? Thank you, PvP. Um, but if you made auto rifles strong in PvE, it wouldn't be negating to a really good hand cannon. It's, it's problematic in PvP because the ease of using an auto rifle becomes problematic if it, you make it really strong. 8Mass, thank you for 11 months of subs. Yeah, I keep checking for an update, uh, and I'm not getting one. So, um, next question. And we're five minutes away from apparently being able to boot up and have the update. I'm not sure. We're going to keep doing Q&A until we know for certain that it's live. And then I'll cut the podcast short and then we'll jump right in. Um, so Syrian Bayek says, I have been pondering what the new armor is going to be like with all the options they are discussing. I have deduced that they may have something like the Leviathan armor where you can choose different perks per armor depending on the role that you choose. Am I way off? Apparently, it's uh, their unique armor roles. It's, I'm sorry, it's unique armor. So you will want specific armor. I can't check for an update again uh, for another 15 seconds. Uh, you you won't be able to like have one piece of armor and you interchange all of the loadout. Like you basically will need to have individual armor pieces, and that's what you're grinding for. So there's an armor piece for invader. There's an armor piece for uh, collector. So Redrix, what do you think about monthly bounties for armor sets? I I don't know. I mean, maybe. I like Intentional Grind, um, but that seems maybe a little bit too rewarding, a whole set. So, um... Uh, Chronister Army. How do you feel about no raid? Personally, I'm kind of butthurt, but if Gambit Prime and all that stuff is good, then I'll be fine. I'm fine with it because they're not breaking the pattern. There, There's a raid in, in Forge, and there's a raid in Penumbra. That means you're getting two raids after the Forsaken raid. That's been the pattern. You got Dark Below, then you got no raid. And Dark Below wasn't a great raid. You know, Crota's End was not a great raid. It was fun later on, but it wasn't a good raid. People didn't really like it. Most of the time after that, raids were a year apart. Then they did Leviathan with two raid layers. Now they did Last Wish with two raids to follow. It literally is exactly the pattern set up to this point. You're not getting shortchanged anything. And to be fair, I mean... I don't come out of my skin for raids anymore, you know? Cynric uh, Gaming. I haven't played since Warmind. If I started playing again, is it worth it for me to play through all the expansion content, or should I just go straight to the Drifter? I, do whatever you want, man. That's up to you. I, I think the content's fun. I think the, I think the dialogue is, is actually interesting. Uh, I think the loot grind is fun. If you don't think it's good enough, then bypass it. it that's up to you. That's up to you. Uh, Kush Rules says, Destiny RNG is such a blocker for good progression. You had a great dialogue on generosity. How would you employ some of those elements in D2? Um, well, I, that's why I think Ada's Bounties are, are my one-string banjo. Ada's Bounties gives you a good mixture of player agency and RNG. So you can say, I'm going for this gun as many times as I can possibly go for it until I get the role that I want. Call me Heisenberg, thank you for 14 months. And the reason that's important is it's a mixture of agency and RNG. Too much agency and it's just purely transactional. Run 40 strikes and get a loaded question. It's just transactional. There's no joy in that, there's no excitement. It's literally just play enough of the thing and get the thing. That's all it is. 
okay if there's too much rng and no player agency it just feels like literally like a, a, a futile a futile effort a fruitless endeavor is what it feels like so when you have a combination of rng and player agency two things are happening player volition is being rewarded with an enticing chase it's like i might get the role i want i might get the role i want right you're not doing 20 strikes to get the gun with the perfect role you're just doing strikes and every time you finish and satisfy the bounty there's a chance at the gun that you want so your brain your dopamine all that's engaged while you're doing that it's not a transaction of time and it doesn't feel futile because your agency's being rewarded with the gun oh not the one that i want right so, the BNet says maintenance ends at ten. That's an hour from now. That that little um, BattleNet maintenance message is always wrong, Milo. It's never been right. So, uh, infamous Swift. Hey, Lono, how would you fix the leveling system? As a casual player, I just turned 650 yesterday, uh, but I keep getting shoes and chest pieces. I'm very excited uh, for Joker's Wild, even though I'm not a big fan of Gambit, uh, but I'm scared for the leveling again. Everything should level you, and there's a spectrum. So, really easy content is small jumps, okay? Really, really small content, easy content is small jumps. And when you do really, really hard content, you get bigger jumps. It's that simple. If you want to grind out public events all day, you do that to your heart's content, dude. And you're going to level up slower than me if I'm grinding strikes and nightfalls. If I'm doing, you know, uh... Gambit Prime and the Reckoning, right? Updates live on Xbox. Yeah, I'm still I'm still not getting one on on uh, on BattleNet, so we're waiting. Um, Doug or Dog with the next question: Do you think they should bring back modifiers, small arms, and specialists? And do you think we should get strike specific loot to make strikes relevant again? I like the rhythmic urgency of Nightfalls, where this week these Nightfalls are up. If they have the loot that you want, you can chase it as much as you want. And they have that RNG intelligence applied, so every time you end a Nightfall and don't get the thing that you want, it uh, it increases your chances for the next run. I like that, okay? Now, with respect to Strikes, I don't think Strike-specific loot is needed, okay? I don't think it's needed, and the reason I don't think it's needed is because they could do something else. If you put, okay, if you put the the bounty system in Zavala, right? You put Z- Zavala's bounty su- uh, system in place, and that system is there for you to have intentional weapon grind. Well, there you go. That that's that's all you have to do. That's all you have to do is um, is. You just you give me this chase. These these Zavala bounties have me going into strikes. Strikes now have purpose, and I have intentional grind. I have I have player agency over what I'm chasing, and you, I, like I said, I think the nightfalls. I think a night, the nightfalls achieve that. I think they do. They achieve that aim. Uh, Slyman, nineteen eighty three. Um, will the prime gear have the possibility of enhanced perks? I have no idea. Uh, JD Gamer, do you think we could see with dismantling pieces of gear from Gambit Prime and new PVE that goes along with DLC, a drop of new mods randomly? I mean, I don't know. This is just pure blind speculation right here. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to do anything like that. I'm getting an update right now on PC. Um, it is a 5 gig download. Uh, roughly. 4.94. Soon as this is live, we're gonna, we'll jump right in and, uh, we'll, uh, We'll check everything out. Uh, Winter Wolf. 
do you ever see a system like a uh, World of Warcraft system that was put into the world separate PvE and PvP gear that you would earn by doing from separate and each set would be useless when doing the other a way to keep players in their comfort zone too many too many like armor sets could be a problem right too many armor sets could be a problem if they don't give you a loadout system if I can't swap my loadouts like that would be completely arduous and tough you would basically make it very difficult for me to ever do anything. It's like, well, hang on. I got to put all my strike gear on. I got to put all my public event gear on, whatever it is that you're doing. But a loadout system could work hand in hand with this. Internally, they need to come up with better ways of organizing your loot and doing loadouts if they were to ever do a system like that. So my download speed is picking up pace now. It was really, really slow and it's finally kicking up. So this should be pretty fast. Um, how is your Nova build set up? I was doing Slova with Skull of the Dire Ahamkara because that basically is a guaranteed super back. As long as you get like a major and I think four or five adds, it's almost the entire super back like that. Johnny, I see the Gambit Prime perks are proof of concept for armor sets in other game modes. Can you see how Bungie would do this system? Yeah. I just talked about how I would like to see that, but they would need to make it to where you can engage with it pretty pretty easily and not have it be frustrating and tedious. You don't want it to be cumbersome. Noth21. You talked about the solo experience and influence versus organized groups. Do you think that matchmaking should be changed to try the hardest to not put three or four stacks against solo players? I think they try to do that, but you can't you can't stretch matchmaking into the absurd. You can't make it to where full teams take an eternity to find games. That's not that's that doesn't work. Okay. And, and I think that at the, at the, at the end of the day, the, the solo queue, whenever I did it, I, I felt like I matched mostly solo queue players. I just got solo queue players on my team that were dumb. That was typically my experience. But if you're having, if you're running into stacks a lot, just be smart when you're matchmaking, watch the player count. If you're matchmaking for Gambit Prime and you see the player count jump up by four, cancel matchmaking. That you're not doing anything wrong when you do that. You're like, nah, that seems like you're going to throw me against a full team. Let me cancel matchmaking. Let me wait for a little bit. Now, you can't always do that. And, as I said, I think they sort of have that in there already. They already have it set up to do that. We have two gig left, and once it's done and we boot up and we're in the game, I'll stop Q&A and we'll go full screen and enjoy the content. Um... Unsung. Any word or leaks on exotics beyond the ones announced? No. Uh Uh-uh. They nerfed machine gun reserves? I'm telling you what, man. If they they actually nerf machine gun reserves, they're going in the wrong freaking direction. Machine guns were actually a good legendary heavy, and instead of making the other legendary heavies better with respect to ammo economy, they're lowering them. They did the machine gun damage nerf? I'm gonna have a freaking field day, dude. You gotta be kidding me. I can't wait to make that video. Come on. Um, nom, nom tool. We're not gonna nerf any stuff. We'd rather buff stuff and make other stuff more effective. Just kidding. Um, just kidding. Good job. Uh, how, how do you think they dealt with the half second primeval burn? I don't know. Mechanics. They, they said that it's gonna be similar to like raid mechanics. Um,. <clears throat> Gao says what SMGs do you suggest for trying to collect the pinnacle weapon what are SMGs theoretical role in PvP um, whisper ammo nerf from 20 down to 9 I don't understand 30% more damage for trace rifles yeah but if they're just if they're literally just going through all the power weapons that we've been saying are dominating and they're just nerfing all of them 
I don't know, dude. Like, why? Why are they nerfing everything? That's terrible. How is that supposed to be celebrated? We nerfed ammo reserves on machine guns. We nerfed damage on machine guns. We nerfed, we cut, we gutted whisper, whisper ammo. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's, that's nerf after nerf after nerf. Like 21% boss damage nerf for an LMG? Why though? Why? It didn't... The LMGs weren't even that amazing against bosses. They were good, but they weren't broken. They, they, like, why would you do that? I don't understand. You're hitting it from both ends. Less ammo and less damage? Gee, freaking Christmas. Uh, Drew First Blood. Um, uh, we got 600 meg left. Let's see here. Uh, why would a PvP player want to buy the annual pass? Last word's the only reason I can see. No new maps. Kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, if if people... Yeah, my download speed just fell into the toilet with 600 meg left. I don't know what's going on. Um, so, I don't know what's happening. Oh, there we go. It's picking, picking up speed again. Um... Yeah, I don't know. If you're a PvP player, there's not a lot of reason to buy the annual pass unless you see really cool loot start to drop and you think it'd be really fun. Like, there could be really good rolls on the Gambit Prime weapons. Um, There could be really good rolls on the Forge weapons that might entice you, you know? They might entice you. I don't know. We're going to boot up the game and see if I can get in and there's no server issues. Then I'm going to jump right in and cut the Q&A. Farming. Uh, If you could pick any weapon type to be PvP Pinnacle Weapon, uh, what would it be? And uh, what would your set of perks be? Uh, I'm not answering that. I, I, I don't know. I can't answer you. I don't have stuff like that rattling my, my, around in my brain. Uh, Commander Tyke. I'm excited for Reckoning because as a PvE player, I don't like that I can only get loot for Gambit Prime. Do you think they should keep Gambit Prime Reckoning Cycle or add something else? I, to be honest, I don't know because we're not in there yet. I am worried that if you don't like Prime, Reckoning will feel like a complete and utter waste of time. And then you're then you're you know if, if you can't even get the guns to drop in reckoning um that would be my primary concern so we're in season of the drifter we're gonna check it out i'm gonna cut the q a here if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content i appreciate you listening or watching please like share and subscribe